0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. St. Louis Mayor Lida Cruson joins us today. As of Monday, the city of St. Louis will have been locked down for seven weeks, but the doors are about to open. Mayor Cruson announced earlier this week that she plans to begin easing restrictions on May 18th. St. Louis County is doing the same, and Mayor Cruson is here today to help us understand why and what that might look like for us. So, Mayor Cruson, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate being on with you and and on with all of your listeners, of course. So the Centers for Disease Control had said that cities and states could begin reopening if they see this downward trajectory in cases for 14 days. We're not there yet. What makes you think we're ready to reopen?
1: Well, you see, what's happening here is that Uh, since we have more testing, and you may know the city of St. Louis got 13,000 tests in this week. That was on an order that we placed at the end of March. Mm -hmm. Since we have more testing, we are seeing more cases. And so what the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force believes is that we really should be focusing on hospitalization because Mm -hmm. that is the true true of who is really seriously ill. And what we're seeing here is a significant downward trend in the number of people that are being hospitalized each day Uh, let's see yesterday maybe day before yesterday now it was 34 people the day before that it was 29 and these are new admissions and so that we are focusing on that and on the number of people that are currently hospitalized uh, in the icu and on ventilators to really uh, tell us where we are in this because we know that as we get more tests we are going to have more positives and it's not necessarily because more people have COVID-19 but we had such limited testing before that we were not finding the people or testing the people who had COVID-19.
0: Now we're getting a truer picture of who actually has it out there and or maybe who has even had it and is recovering.
1: Well that that is true although the Tests that we're talking about are the diagnostic tests. The serology test, that's a different test that tells you whether or not you have had it. But you know, the testing has just been, I'll just use the word, it's been such a debacle mm-hmm. nationally, um, and we just didn't have enough, and, and we're beginning to get more tests. The city of St. Louis has on, well, we had on order 220,000 tests. Right now, we've received 13,000 of them, and we sent all of those, about 3,000 apiece, to the federally qualified health centers who are doing the free testing in the testing sites that are both in North and South St. Louis. And we're expecting more tests now that things are easing up a little bit.
0: Are you worried that by reopening, however gradually we're going to do it, we could set off this this much-feared second wave? Of course,
1: I think we should all be worried about that. Uh, but I heard you say in the introduction that we're going to open the door. Let me let me revise that and say we're going to crack the door open. Mm. We are, you know, we are going to open it a little ways—25, 30 percent of the way open—so that we can ease into this. I think it's just extremely important that we. Open our restaurants, open our retail, but with restrictions. Meaning, you know, restaurants must have the tables six feet apart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, employees must wear face masks. Masks, sorry. Uh, and and frankly, customers should wear face masks. Uh, if you are going out in public, outside your own backyard, it is unpredictable in my view, as to whether or not you'll be able to maintain a six-foot distance. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you should wear a mask. And it can be a
0: cloth one, it can be a bandana, but you should wear a mask. But you're also talking about that in terms of restaurants um, to begin, you know, opening up through that crack there. How is it possible to wear a face mask if you're dining out?
1: Well, obviously, you can't wear the mask while you're eating, but your server can be wearing a mask, mm-hmm. and as you go in and out, you can be wearing a mask. And most likely, you will be dining with people that you are close to. Now, it may not be in your own household, but you're dining with a small group of people that you are close to. And if you are have any symptoms, if you're sick at all, you don't belong in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think what we all have to do is limit exposure. The other thing that I would say is that for individuals who are maybe over 65, that's a bit of an arbitrary age, but, or people who have a high risk of illnesses, have underlying health conditions, they really should stay home as much as possible and avoid the social contact that would risk more exposure. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so what we see is that both the number of cases and the seriousness of cases is very tied to age. Now, of course, you can get COVID if you are a child or if you are in your teens or your 20s or your 30s. It's possible to get COVID. We know that, but we also know that most of the really serious cases are in older people or folks with underlying health conditions. So um, everybody needs to maintain a social distance, wash your hands a lot, you know, until you're using hand lotion all day every day because your hands are raw. Mm -hmm. Uh, And
0: we need to wear these face masks. So you've got some of some restrictions you've mentioned here. You know, these face masks are going to be strongly encouraged. You want employees wearing them if they're serving the public. Um, the county has put down a, a very detailed list of, of what their rules are going to be going forward. Is the city uh, ready to do that soon? Or where, where do things stand uh, with are. that? We are. We actually uh, it's kind of interesting because we've been speaking with the county daily
1: almost. And we thought that we were going to be um, Uh, Issuing these at the same time, but I know, you know, we all have our own pressures And (laughs) so the county executive went ahead and did his this morning at 8.30 Um, And but we are going to have very similar guidelines. They won't be exactly alike One of the differences for example will be That right now at least on Monday the 18th large venues Uh, will not be able to open and I'm thinking of places like the zoo, Mm. the aquarium, the art museum, um, the arch, those are large venues that exist in the city and really the county doesn't have something that's similar so that will be a difference they are not going to open immediately but what we are going to do is work with those large venues uh, over the next few weeks To review their plans because each of them is a little different and they'll have a little different plan and then we will review approve their plan before they begin to open so there are some differences but there other than this large venue issue which is not so much of an issue in the county
0: our, our orders are very similar. Okay. Well, that should make things easier for those of us going back and forth between the two. Uh, Selfishly, I appreciate that. (laughs) Of course, I do too. I, I, uh, yes. Um, I want to encourage our listeners if you have a question for Mayor Lyda um, or if you want to share any concerns you have about our plan to reopen, you can join our conversation. Give us a call at 314 382 8255. That's 382 Talk. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at STLpublicradio.org. Mayor Krusen, I have to ask you my selfish question, and that has to do with daycares and summer camps. A lot of parents are really anxious about those. What's your latest thinking on how you'll handle those? In the city, so we know that once people have to go back to work,
1: that they certainly have to have daycare, and so we are going to be relying very heavily on the CDC guidance on daycare facilities, whether it's a uh, for little kids that daycare or whether it's uh, summer camps, and uh, the CDC guidance on those is really very good, and I would encourage uh... all your listeners who have uh... kids in in child care to review those guidelines and to make sure that your child care provider is following those guidelines of course we will make sure as well but as parents I know you, you want to do that for yourself, and so I would encourage that.
0: And will that allow, say, a daycare to reopen uh, May 18th, as long as they're following these rules? They can open to children of non-essential workers, which is not allowed currently in, in, under the county rules. Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's correct. It's not allowed under this, the current city rules either, mm-hmm. um, although we had a f- little differences in essential and non-essential. But for the city right now, today, daycare is open only for police, fire, and health care workers, or so emergency service providers and health care workers. Um, of course, grocery store workers need child care, too, mm-hmm. right now. They have been working all along. And um, so I think social distancing in a daycare situation depending on the age of the child is is difficult but if you read the CDC guidelines one of the things that struck me when I read them is that it says well so you should have a small group of kids and those that group should be consistent day-to-day in other words you know you don't want to switch it up with all the kids in the daycare and so it, you know, that kind of rang true to me just as one mm-hmm. of the common sense things that a daycare center uh, or child care center might might do.
0: Mm-hmm. So if they're following um, rules like that and they're following the CDC guidelines, uh, your thinking is that they can reopen as that door cracks open to um, p- people who need child care beyond police and fire and who's currently allowed?
1: Yes, we are thinking that they can reopen. Um, they we expect and we've spoken with them, we expect that they will have fewer kids, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, for a lot of reasons. One, not everybody's going to go back to work on the 18th. and That's, that's yes, why we're that's cr- for sure. Cracking this, <laughs> and, you know, we're still encouraging folks who work in offices who can to tele telework, telecommute uh, and, you know, continue to work from home. So this is an, an easing of the restrictions by the time we lift this you know sturdy stay at home order we will have been under the order for eight weeks that's a good long time and you know what it has worked Mm -hmm. it has worked we have tamped down the spread because of the goodwill of the people in this region but on the other hand uh i we're already beginning to see and you can hear about some of these you know we're already beginning to see more violations than we saw a week or two weeks Mm -hmm. ago and so um, what we have to do is allow some easing of these restrictions uh, and put others in place, like wear a mask. We are going to require, in our order, that employees, public-facing employees who work with customers wear, wear a mask. Uh, we are not requiring customers to wear a mask, but I have to tell you, I think there'll be some peer pressure for people to do that, and uh, certainly I know that is the case in situations that I have seen so um,
0: will you allow I think that's a, going to be very important will you allow businesses to refuse someone's service if if that customer doesn't have a mask and the business wants them to be wearing one yes absolutely that's a one a consistency with the county okay so the business
1: can do that now we know when when you look at what is happening really in Illinois um, Someone sent me a couple of articles about this a few days ago. You know, the, the, the non-maskers, I will call it, um, can be kind of, um, what would I say, edgy about it or aggressive about it. And uh, so I would say don't confront those people, but I would also say avoid them. Because sooner or later, they're at higher risk than you are mm-hmm. if you're wearing a mask.
0: Um, so, yeah, it's interesting how that's become almost a philosophical thing or a political statement where it's really so much more just simple common sense, but like everything, it it becomes complicated. (laughs) For me, it's not, it's not political
1: at all. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's just common sense. You don't want to get sick and you don't want to get someone else sick. So just as sort of a a good neighbor, a a good person,
0: um, you should wear a mask. We're talking to St. Louis Mayor Lida Cruz, and I know we have so many people on the phone um, dying to get into this conversation. We do need to take a quick break, but the minute that we're back, which will be very shortly, uh, we will take some of those calls. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. And now back to our conversation with Mayor Lida Crewson. Uh, Mayor, we have a lot of callers who have a lot of questions for you, so I'm going to dive right into that. Um, Let's start with Helen. She's calling from St. Louis. Um, Helen, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Thank you for joining us. What is your question? Um, So
2: I own two hair salons in St. Louis City in the Grove, Chop Shop and Chop Shop East. There's 17 of us who work there, Mm. and I have um, a question and a comment. The question is, when will reopening guidelines for salons be issued specifically? Will there be guidelines on steps for reopening? And then my comment really is just, um, I'd like the mayor to consider pushing us to the last phase of opening because of the nature of our job. It's high contact. We come in contact with 8 to 10 people a day. with them for 60 minutes often at a minimum Mm -hmm. in a very close space so social distancing is impossible and we are more than willing to be prepared to reopening with all the safety and sanitation measures but it's pretty hard to access PPE especially you know to do it by the guidelines Joe to sanitize the space we need disinfectant wipes we need hand sanitizer we need masks so ordering these are often Maybe we'll get them in June. We don't know. I'm looking all over to find places that can get it delivered in a timely fashion. And there seems to be a shortage. It's also an added cost. And if, uh, you know, forcing people between choosing putting food on their table or going back to work, it's it's just not really a great situation.
0: So, Helen, you'd like to see salons like your own um, stay closed longer. Mayor Krusen, uh, how do you feel about that? So, Helen, thank you for that. You know, I have received, oh, I don't
1: know, maybe 50 or 75 emails, text uh, mails, uh, Facebook, etc., from salon owners and, and uh, hairstylists on both sides of this issue. In other words, many of them want to stay closed. Many of them want to go back to work. Um, there's just because you're allowed to reopen does not mean that you need to reopen. It Mm -hmm. does not mean that you're required to reopen. In fact, if you don't have the PPE, if you can't get the face masks, the gloves, uh, the disinfectant, if you can't follow those, then you really can't reopen because you've got to follow the general business guidelines. Um, So just because, same with restaurants, just because a restaurant can reopen on Monday the 18th, I know many restaurants that I've heard from are not going to reopen. They are going to wait uh, they don't know exactly how long, but a week, maybe two weeks to see how this goes. Uh, so just because you're allowed to does not mean that you need to hmm. and so I think as a business owner, you have to make you have to make that decision. I know I've gotten emails from from your, some, I don't know if it was you, but from someone uh, at your shop, because I, I remember the, the distinctive name of Chop Shop. <laughs> and uh, so you don't have to open just because you'll be allowed to open. Okay,
0: thank you for that answer. And Helen, thank you for that call. I know you guys are in a, such a tough spot right now and it's it's great to hear your perspective. Um, Kate is calling from St. Louis. Uh, Kate, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Thanks so
3: much for taking my call. Yeah. I, You know, I think my question is kind of a follow-up there in terms of, like, what precautions we have in place. And I haven't heard, I'm very concerned that we're opening up without um, implementing both regular and repeated testing of both symptomatic and asymptomatic folks in the community, along with contact tracing. I've, I saw the governor's um, recovery order saying that businesses should be prepared to participate and facilitate that. Um, But along with the PPE question is how, how? Mm. How are are people supposed to get PPE if PPE is not available? How are we um, supposed to facilitate contact tracing if there are no guidelines on that? Personally, I think contact tracing and regular repeated testing of symptomatic and asymptomatic um, folks is essential to really understanding how reopening is going to affect
0: this. Um, Kate, I think that's a great point point. Sure. Um, and Mayor and some good questions there. No, I think it's a great point too. Kate, could I ask what business are you in?
1: I'm a clinical psychologist. So, oh, Okay. Alright, so um, there, there's several good points in your, in your questions here. One, contact tracing. We have been doing that even before COVID-19. So contact tracing is a methodology where when someone tests positive for, in this case, COVID-19, but prior to COVID, it could have been tuberculosis or it could have been an STD. So when someone tests positive, uh, that individual, along with sometimes their family, their employer, they put together the list and uh, help the health department figure out who have you had a prolonged contact with. So closer than six feet, longer than 10 minutes is considered a prolonged contact. Mm. And so the contact tracing will be done by the public health departments. But as an employer, if you have employees, you will work with the person who's positive and the other employees to say, who has been around Lida? Or who has been around Kate? Did you have lunch together in the lunchroom uh, last week so that then those individuals who can be enrolled in the quarantine program where they would have to stay home for 14 days. In the city of St. Louis, they're given a thermometer, they're given instructions, they have an individual assigned to them and twice a day they have to sign on either to their phone or their iPad or their computer, enter their temperature, answer questions about how they're feeling, where they've been, uh and and if they don't do it then the red flag pops up and we call them on the phone and and we continue to follow up with them so Mm -hmm. contact tracing is up to the public health department but of course you need the assistance of the employer sometimes in order to figure out who have they been in contact with
0: and and you're the city health department um, has the resources right now they are doing that on all these identified cases oh yes absolutely
1: we've been doing it we've we've contact traced thousands of people Uh, and and we have about right now I think we have about a hundred or so people that are still on active monitoring (laughs) what happened at the beginning of this process when people were all out and about if you had a positive case sometimes you might have as many as 20, 30, 40 contacts for that person Mm -hmm. now that we've been on the stay at home order and most people are following that your the number of contacts that a positive person has has been greatly reduced to maybe 2 maybe 5 you know sometimes more than that but uh and then we follow up and monitor those people for the entire 14 day period of time we actually ours is a uh, Of course, it requires individuals, but it also requires uh, a a program, an app that we use called Qualtrics. And uh, we had that before COVID hit, and Hmm. we had it because of STDs, and we had it because of tuberculosis, which... Isn't real
0: common, but it it happens. Interesting. Wow, the things we're all learning about public health. This is this is good for our education, if nothing else. Um, Kate, thank you for that call. I want to go to Emily, who's calling from St. Louis. Emily, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air.
2: Hi. This has nothing to do with my question, actually, but I want to piggyback on what Mayor Laya Kruzan was saying. First of all, thank you for doing what you did when no other county in Missouri was taking action. You took action right away. I appreciate that. I live with a seven-year-old mom, but my neighbor was diagnosed a month ago. And none of that happened. He was living with his two sons. None of his sons were contacted. None of them had a gap that they had to follow.
0: In fact, they went out and hung out with all their friends. So Emily, was, was this uh, talking about? But my Emily, was that uh, in the city of St. Louis, or was that I, in one of the I, counties? Six three one one six. Huh. Uh, so,
2: but my question is, is actually about um, unemployment. So I am under unemployment due to due to DUA. I'm an independent contractor. On may 18th does that go away even though my on un- my jobs are typically to work at i don't know festivals and events at zoos what happens to those people with so, ua and anybody in missouri on the 18th with unemployment
1: well if you're called back to work and if your workplace now i'm a little bit out of my league here because this isn't my specialty but uh, if your employer calls you to come back to work and if they can follow the proper guidelines, then I believe you don't have the option of saying I want to stay home instead and draw unemployment. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if your employer doesn't call you back to work because they're not reopening, maybe because they don't have um, PPE or maybe just because they're not ready to reopen yet, then I believe you still have uh, the ability to have unemployment. And you know, I know that the unemployment, and this this is an interesting one. Unemployment in the state of Missouri is around $300 um, a week normally, maybe $320. Mm-hmm. But then the federal government added $600 a week to that, so it's $900 or so dollars a week. I don't know if that's consistent with what, with what you know or not, but that's my understanding. And so there are people who really don't want to take the risk of going back to work Um, when maybe going back to work doesn't pay them much more than being home and drawing unemployment so I know that that's a bit of a a struggle here for folks Uh, but unemployment won't
0: last very long. Mm -hmm. And Emily had mentioned that she works some of these big festivals, events at the zoo. I know you're not letting the zoo go through that, that cracked open door yet, but Lauren um, asked by email, any predictions on the ability to host family gatherings or weddings this summer? Many vendors are impacted. Many vendors are impacted.
1: So no, uh, no social gatherings of more than 10 people, that's recommendations to an individual. So that refers to Don't have a big barbecue in your backyard or, you know, whatever that's more than 10 people. That's um, part of the individual guidance. For businesses, uh, meeting rooms, large venues, ballrooms, those will remain closed on May the 18th. And other large venues, um, as I mentioned earlier in the program, Uh, you know, the zoo, the art museum, Mm -hmm. the arch, uh, those large venues are also going to remain closed on the 18th. Um, Now your question was broader. You said for this summer, um, and you know, we're hoping that they don't have to stay closed all summer. We're hoping that Mm -hmm. we can crack the door open a little bit here on opening restaurants and retail and offices and that we'll still be able to, through social distancing and through mask wearing, we'll still be able to tamp down the spread, and we won't have a big second spike. And if we can do that, then there'll be a point in time that we can open meeting rooms, ballrooms, larger venues, with a lot of uh, protocols and precautions in place. So Mm -hmm. I can't answer right now for the whole summer. We've only been at this seven weeks, and you think about, all the things that have changed just in that seven weeks so looking ahead you know 60 or 90 days uh, we're going to have to we we have to be uh, flexible
0: and we have to evolve this. We had a question from Alan he has a very specific suggestion he wants to see you enact he says the county closed the parks bad call but reopened with one-way paths which was a very good idea can you please make Forest Park one way around the perimeter any thoughts on that?
1: Well, it's something we could think about. What we did in Forest Park instead was we closed some of the roads so that you'd have a big, wide 40, 50, however wide feet road to walk on or ride your bike on so that you were not close to one another. Uh, You know, it's 6.2 miles around Forest Park. So if you got on the path uh, and you wanted to turn around and go back home before 6.2 miles, I'm not sure exactly how you do that. If we said this is a one-way path, you've got to go all the way around the circle. Mm. Um, so, you know, y- when you start thinking about some of the practical aspects of that, what I've observed, and I admit I've not been in Forest Park as much as I want to be lately. I'm, I'm sure you're pretty busy these days. <laughs> but but uh, my husband's been, it, he's in it every day. And what I've observed that people are pretty um, respectful of one another to mm-hmm. move off the path, to um, you know, walk out around someone. The other thing to think about when you're walking or running, of course, when you're exercising a lot, you do exhale a lot more, uh, I don't know, air, breath, germs, but you also are not around that person for much time, mm-hmm. presumably. Presumably, you're just passing. So it's the prolonged exposure with the with the droplets that is really the serious consideration. So get on the roads that are closed. Um, go at various times of day. You know there are times that the park is not very crowded, and other times when it's super crowded. So you know some of this just kind of has to be adjusted by our behavior uh, versus actual you know regulation. I had a woman call in on one of my Facebook lives, and she said. The Chinooks at Loughborough Commons is so crowded at 5 o'clock, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, honey, you just have to go at a different time, (laughs) you know. So it's just a little bit of, you know, give and take here, a little flexibility.
0: Yeah, and you know what? That is actually the the perfect note to end on here. I know we have so many more callers who have so many more questions for you. Just seeing this little taste of what you must deal with all the time is is uh, making me appreciate the work you do, and it's also making me kind of exhausted. People have so many opinions on this right now, um, and it sounds like the big thing is we're going to have to wait and see, and we're going to have to try to accommodate each other. Any uh, other thought you want to leave the people of St. Louis with here today? Just thank you
1: so much to all of you who are staying at home, who are trying to work from your own kitchen table with your kids on the other end doing their homework, but thank you also to all the workers, and there are many who are going to work every day, our hospital workers, our grocery store workers, and our city employees, most of whom are going to work every day, police, firefighters, trash truck drivers, water department, airport, I mean, those folks are all still
0: working. Thank you all, because it... We all have a role to play in this. So thank you so much. Well, Mayor Cruz, and thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU.